I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. Ladies and gentlemen, we back again. It's your boy Vincent doing a double shift, as you could say, a double shift. I was hosting it last week, and I'm hosting it this week. Uh, it's gonna be—it's a special day for us today because we have we have special guests alongside of me. I know you may be thinking, "Oh, Vincent, you always say special guests," but we actually do have special guests today. Uh, we'll be getting to them in a minute, but I'm joined by my guys as always. Feel what you're saying, brother. I'm good, Vinny. I'm good. I'm sat here. Super Bowl Sunday. Looking forward to the the long night we've got ahead of us. I know we're a, we're an NBA pod, but even we sometimes branch out into other other American sports. So I'm, I'm looking forward to to the evening we've got ahead. I've got my snacks ready on the go. Going to be cooking up some chicken wings. Maybe make a little bit of uh, like maybe cookie dough. A cookie dough with some whipped cream on the top. Who knows? The world is my oyster. You Four go for it, belly brother. Ache is coming my way. Go for it, brother. Go for it. I, I, I'm not starting work till ten tomorrow, so I'm ready. I'm ready. So and I'm spoiled by another. I'm joined by another guest of mine and another uh, great, great person to be alongside of me. Oh, wow. Jared, how are you doing, brother? I think that's honestly the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Vinny. Thank you very much. It's, it's called the truth, Jared. It's called the truth. I appreciate that. Yeah, doing well. Um, and I'm just impressed that you've got our theme song wrong right at the start of this episode after last time, completely butchering it. So that's, wow. that's good to wow. see as well. Uh yeah, I listen to the pod as regularly as possible. Just want to throw that out there. But as I mentioned, boys and girls, uh, we're joined by special guests today. Uh, you may have you may have caught them maybe in your uh, when we, we joined them a couple of weeks ago in their own little pod. Uh, I'm joined by EJ and Kendall from New Generation. What's happening, boys? What's up, guys? Oh man, it's EJ here, and and I'm really excited to be on. As you said, uh, we got to talk to you guys a couple of weeks ago on a New Generation Podcast Network and our YouTube channel, Generation Media, and that was awesome. Uh, I want to thank you guys again uh, for coming on, and I'm 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 happy, man. I'm excited to be on the show. Going it's about time. I, yeah, it's about time. And and Theo's uh Theo's uh spread over there for Super Bowl sounds pretty great. You know, I got something cooking over here as well, but I might have to. Uh, you know, <laughs> teleport over there somehow. That, that's <laughs> so, sounding good. Wings and cookie dough. I like that. Obviously, can't complain. Can, Again, you're playing now, mate. You might, you might make it in time. You might make it. In time. <laughs> <laughs> There's How a snowstorm here, so it would be something. Yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, obviously, we enjoyed having you guys on our on our show uh, a couple weeks ago, and. You know, it's, 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 it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, how uh, Theo's wings come out, but um, hopefully uh, hopefully they come out well. But I, I assume that uh, Vincent seems like the, uh, the, 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 the chef of the group. That's just Ooh, my, that's my interpretation. <laughs> Theo, you're going to have to take a, you're gonna have to take a picture of this, Theo, and actually put it on Twitter now because we're all hyped about your, your wings and your cookie dough, okay? <laughs> Watch this space. Watch this space, ladies and gentlemen. No, obviously, new generation, absolutely brilliant. Or well, we were jo- we were we were fortunate enough to join you guys. It was absolutely fun to be in the pod. But what you guys offer is not just necessarily just basketball, but it's also your if you're into your Marvel and your DC world people, you offer that kind of movie critics, as you could say. You're absolutely yeah. brilliant. But can you just tell us a little bit about what you guys do, how you came about, what started a little bit? So start off with just tell us about what made you start up new generation. Yeah, well, so so new generation, that whole concept even started back when I was uh, in college. You know, I went to a small c- uh, city university here in New York City and I joined the sport, the radio station and started a sports radio show there. And it couldn't come up with a name. My dad came up with the name New Generation because I told him that, you know, I wanted to present uh, kind of a new vibe and a new energy to what people usually get when they hear sports. So uh, so he came up with the name and I stuck with it pretty much. And, you know, years after college, after grad school and working in the, in the um, you know, the workplace, so to speak. And I felt that itch to get back to talking sports, but I wanted to do it in a different way. And uh, one of the main things was I wanted to have regular co-hosts. So I wanted to uh, know better people to have than my brother. So obviously Kendall, who's with me on sports, he joined me for the very first episode of our podcast. And he's our reg- my regular co-host. And then um, and I wanted to touch on other things beyond just sports, because, as you said, like, you know, I played basketball growing up all the way up through varsity high school in a very competitive city, obviously, for hoops. But I have a lot of other interests. I, I love, uh, you know, superheroes and I love comic books. Um, my brother, my other brother, Shamari, loves Star Wars. So to me, 
I felt like if there was a way we could build, you know, a, a media platform that could kind of reach to the, you know, the, the, the nerdy jock is what I would consider <laughs> us. You know, we love sports, but we also love a lot of the other nerdy stuff to go with it. So to me, I was like, if any, there's nothing else out there for that, why don't I just do it myself? So um, with the help of my brothers, man, we've been at this for now uh, about five years and it's been it's been a great ride. Yeah, I remember, um, you know, EJ being in college and having his radio show. And I was, I mean, what, how old was I? Was I in middle school at that time? Middle yeah, you must have. Yeah, you had to have been in middle school because I was like a sophomore when I started it. So yeah. I was like 19, And I remember I would I would jump on EJ's radio show at times. <laughs> like I would go into his, I would go to his school and jump on his radio show at like, you know, 12. And we would talk about, you know, college basketball. Or we'd talk about the NBA and like from there, you know, when EJ came to me, you know, years later, like you want to do a podcast. I was like, yeah, you know, every time I was on his radio, his radio show was super fun. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I was very excited when we got the opportunity to do it and to branch out and then do the other stuff that we do. It's, you know, we always felt like, you know, do something that you would want other people to do. Mm-hmm. And so we, we you know, obviously we would love to, we would love to see a, a, an NBA show. We'd love to see a sports show in general, but we'd also love to see, you know, shows on movies, shows on Star Wars, stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, it's been it's been super fun. Um, and, you know, we are I feel like one of our bigger things that we do is our NBA draft stuff. Um, that's something that's been very popular for us. And um, that's another thing that uh, we, we love talking about, you know, and so that's that's always been uh, it's always been a, a key for us is just doing something that we love to do. And we we, we, we would love to we would love to watch. How do you find sort of like the, the balance between doing in like a sports pod that's sort of every week you've always got loads loads to talk about it happens in even just NBA I know you guys touch on on all sports don't you um, but even just in the NBA so much happens but then also you've got like what seems like a constant stream of new um, film and, and and TV to, to to look at how do you find that balance what what do you what do you fo- like focus on when it comes to dis- dissecting the world of maybe uh, the media more than than the, the sports side of things. Yeah, I think I think the the main thing for us was to you know one you know do separate episodes on one channel. So you know for us you know we kind of are, it's easy for us to kind of compartmentalize what we're going to be covering on a day to day basis because we don't know we're doing a certain show. So you know you know Kendall knows when he's up with Shamari, our other brother, who's the third prong of this kind of three headed monster at New Generation. Um, you know, he knows what he's Shamari. They're doing, you know, Imperial. Shout out to Shamari. Why did you not yeah. join us today? Why did you not join us? <laughs> I know we should have got him. We should have got him on, man. But um, but yeah, like you know, he knows uh, that you know they're doing their Star Wars stuff. You know, when it's a, a certain day, then it's all three of us. We know we're doing hero talk, and then when it comes to um sports, you know, it's usually the middle of the week. You know, me and Kendall know that that's when we're doing our own thing, and it's it's a lot of stuff to cover. But I think for us, the main thing is you know what we feel like. Uh, you know, people who who actually, you know, know us and, and know our personalities and know our uh, kind of characters, what they want us to hear, what we're what they want to hear from us. And, um, and just trying to, you know, piece that together and put together some, you know, good content for people to check out. And in, in a normal, I feel like in a normal world, which obviously we're not in a normal world right now, but typically like it's always been over the last four, four or five years, however long we've been doing it now, it's been, easier than I expected to find there's always something to talk about like you said and so you know when it comes to sports that's the easiest job because mm-hmm. um there's always a game on obviously when you know the pandemic hit in March or you know it became a little tougher you know because like what are we going to talk about but yeah, those, um, those March those March and April shows were really dark <laughs> I'm sorry yeah yeah and they were boring there was not much to talk about but it was the last dance review show basically yeah. but um you know, when it came to, but typically in a normal, in a normal year, like, uh, there's always like, like, like Theo mentioned, there's always movies coming out. Um, you know, there's always stories on these movies. That's what we, that's what we realized when we came up with this show, because we, our show is not really a review show. We do review shows for the movies, but those movies come out, you know, every, you know, couple months, but in between those time periods, like we just talk about all the news and the trailers and everything kind of leading up to that. So, um, you know, it definitely is, it, it surprises me sometimes how, how, how often we're able to find these, these stories that are very interesting to talk about. So, um, yeah, just, 
Just touch on that a little bit. Obviously, you guys have, t- uh, I think Theo's mentioned it, you've mentioned it as well, Kendall, about what you guys offer. Can you tell people what you actually talk about? Because you're not just talking about basketball necessarily. You sometimes talk about college football, if I'm correct. I think I was in an episode where you were talking about college football, the draft pick, but then your reviews as well. Can you offer what kind of content you you, you put out there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, our our portfolio is is vast, you know, and again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying originally, where it's like we kind of talk about whatever we feel like we'd want to listen to. And, you know, when that comes to our sports stuff, a lot of it is going to we're I mean, we're obviously we're huge basketball fans. So a lot of it is going to be NBA. Um, a lot of it's going to be college basketball as well. Um, but then, like you said, when it comes to football, I mean, you know, We've all we've always been big American football fans. Um, I worked uh, last year for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, so that was, you know, that only helped build my kind of you know portfolio. Ooh, fancy Kendall! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I always like to drop that in there, but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know. And so and we we'll, we'll try to talk about baseball, whatever is whatever is you know uh, newsworthy at the time and. You know, I'm sure EJ can jump on what, what we talk about with our with our hero stuff, but um, Star yeah. Wars is also something where you know we talk about that. Um, you know, whenever the movies come out or whenever you know we had the Mandalorians become very popular, you know, that's something that me and Shamari uh, we talk about every week. You know, so there's always there's always something to talk about, but um, yeah, it's fun. No, no, I was going to say I throw it out there. I've just finished season one, so yeah, I literally, oh, yeah. Yeah, I no literally just finished. Anything. I just finished it's season one just today. Yet. It's not even got good yet. Yeah, I, no, to me, I've because li- I was watching it today because my mate let me borrow his Disney X Plus, a uh, Disney X whatever app on my Xbox. So yeah. I was just watching it like literally. What? What do you have to say, Jared? What are you laughing at? Okay, I forgot the name. Disney Plus, Disney X. I forgot D- the name. Disney XD Plus. Listen, I forgot the Josh. name, Jared. I forgot the name. Because as everyone knows and listens to Met the Criteria, English is not my first language. So just want to throw that out there. But yeah, I've been watching Mandalorian and I've been absolutely brilliant. So I need to listen to a couple of your reviews to be fair. I've not heard yeah, any. Yeah, if you go back to about a year ago, you can find our, our Yeah, I need to think because well, I need someone with what their thoughts are on it. Sorry, you yeah. Didn't yeah, no, uh, <laughs> that's a lot of money there. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to you know the hero stuff, you know that that's the one thing I think you know Kendall touched on, like what we like to cover. Like what we learned is you know me and Kendall and you know Shamari, like we would scour you know the internet for like the latest on the next Marvel movie or the next Star Wars movie or the next you know TV show that's being put out there, and this. When we would have these conversations just, you know, amongst ourselves that would last half hour, hour, you know, our dad, who's a huge, he's really brought, introduced us into all of this stuff. Um, he, he would be in there. He would, we'd have these discussions for hours sometimes. And what we realized was that, you know, even these little stories that may not be on, you know, your, you know, seven o'clock news or your 10 o'clock news were generating a lot of interest. They were generating a lot of interest on social media, um, just interpersonal reactions. When you talk to, you know, at the water cooler with your friends at work and talking about these stories, these rumors that are coming out. And we, we kind of looked at that and said, well, you know, this is content that, you know, people like to like to hear and they like to hear what, um, what people think about these things. So, you know, for us, it was trying to, you know, figure out what are those stories that we see week to week, that would be interesting. So, you know, every week there's always some new rumor or some new trailer or theory. Sometimes you'll even see like a crazy thing on Reddit (laughs) that, you know, you'll think is nothing, but then seven months down the line, you'll realize that that person was right. And maybe there was some anonymous (laughs) source from Marvel that we didn't know. So uh, we try to cover all that stuff. We try try to uh, leave every stone on no stone unturned. No stone unturned. All you guys offer great content. Honestly, I think it's something for everyone. I think, I think think we can all agree with that. There's something for everyone here, which is, which is way better than us. We just literally talk about basketball. So shout out to you guys for being able to have all these different series all on the go at once. I mean, my only question is when is Papa Stewart joining new, new generation media? Because if if he was in part of those early days conversations, (laughs) we want to see him on that YouTube channel and podcast feed as well. Oh, he would love to hear that, Kendall. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know he would love to hear that. Yeah, we gotta get him on. He actually is when I when I did uh my college radio show, the, the original new generation um sports talk, he he was a guest. He'd been a, a guest frequent times. Um I haven't had him on just yet, but uh but but maybe at some point. Yeah, maybe you know, I got if he hears this podcast, he's definitely gonna be like, All right, when's that date? I'm ready. Because he's definitely <laughs> ready for it. 
No, it's brilliant just to see content, content creators, honestly. It's just, a, it's commendable just to see people just do what they're doing. It's like we look at people like in the, in the community in England where there's so many different communities. Shout out to NBA UK fans who, to us, are the leading people right now for our area. Rich, we love you out there if you're listening and you are most likely. So, <laughs> brilliant. But yeah, uh, just... Now we're going to touch on your basketball knowledge. Obviously, we this has met the criteria. We talk ball. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if you thought this was a different type of pod, uh, <laughs> you can turn off now if you don't want to like it. But basketball time. No, I just wanted to find out a little bit about your teams. I know that you're a Celtics fan, uh, Kendall, and you're a Knicks fan, uh, unfortunately, EJ. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, shots fired. Sorry, early stages. It is, it is okay. Early it's stages. Of, I had to. I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. But yeah, tell us about how you became, because obviously you guys are both from, from New York, but just tell me a little bit how you chose your teams a little bit. Okay, I'll go. Um, So for me, you know, again, growing up in New York City, uh, you know, the son of a, of a diehard Knicks fan and my dad, you know, it, it was pretty much uh, kind of a, you know, a ne- not a nepotism thing, but, you know, he kind of passed it down. You know, uh, I, I was I'm the oldest of, you know, four kids. So I saw the Knicks when they were actually really good. And I actually kind of remember it. Um, you know, I, I the 99 finals is, you know, that team is like, you know, foundational in terms of like my love for basketball. And um, so, so it wasn't that hard being a Knicks fan as a very young kid. You know, your team was always in the playoffs. You're always among the, the you know the talk of the town and the talk of the NBA. And um, and you know, in this city, we always say, you know, we've had Super Bowls with the Giants, we've had World Series with the Yankees, but like New York City is a basketball city. We, this is a basketball city in New York City. So we've had other sports, you know, championships, but uh, when the city is at its liveliest, it's when the Knicks are great. So. That was pretty easy for me. It's been you know a long twenty years, pretty much since that time. You know, the turn of the new millennium basically was the beginning of the end for the Knicks. But uh, I guess I let Kendall go into more of like his uh, his Celtics fandom. Um, he was uh, among the first to like uh, the uh, you know to deviate from the family yeah. from the family tree, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I mean, like EJ mentioned, obviously we grew up in New York and. You know, most of the most of everybody in our family are New York sports fans. Um, I don't like any New York sports teams, but <laughs> when it comes to the Celtics, I, uh, you know, the Knicks at the time that I was growing up, you know, their best player was Stephon Marbury, which wasn't really appealing to me. Um, you know, for <laughs> as a Celtics fan, you know, I was a huge Paul Pierce fan. You know, playing video games at a re- at a really young age and watching for whatever reason, I was a really big Paul Pierce fan. My favorite color as a little kid was green, so it just it immediately clicked that I was, I was going to be a Celtics fan. And you know, when it came to you know the early years of being a Celtics fan, it was tough because they they weren't good. Um, Paul Pierce was a great player, but they didn't have much else. And then, um, and I was also a big college basketball fan, so I remember in two thousand and seven. Greg Oden and Kevin Durant were supposed to be the next, you know, Celtics were like the worst team in the NBA. Greg Oden and Kevin Durant were supposed to be the next, you know, David Robinson and Larry Bird. I really wanted Kevin Durant, but most people wanted Greg Oden. But I was like, I'm fine with either one, you know. And I remember that draft lottery in 2007, <laughs> we lost. We fell to five when we were supposed to have one of the one or two pick. And I remember, I remember being just devastated. Like, oh, man, I'm done with basketball. This is over. And then a couple months later, we trade the number five pick for Ray Allen. And I'm like, what are we doing? We get, we, you know, like now we're, we're trading young players for Ray Allen and Paul Fierce. Like, what is this? And then we trade for Kevin Garnett. And I'm like, all right, now we're going somewhere. And obviously the rest is history. And um, then those guys got old and we traded them. So it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting cycle as a Celtics fan, but I can say uh, it's been fun recently because we've only missed the playoffs once. Um, in recent times. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting. Um, and it's also exciting for, from a rivalry perspective because EJ, being a big Knicks fan, um, me being a big Celtics fan, um, for the longest time, we beat up on the Knicks, um, really for all of my fandom. <laughs> so, um, it's always fun. Those few times that the Knicks have beaten the Celtics, EJ's uh, and, and, and our dad, they've tried to rub it in, but, you know, 
as you show on the banner. I was just going to say, yeah, you, you can point to those 17 banners compared <laughs> to the, uh, uh, yeah. I, suppose, I suppose you 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 haven't witnessed them all, obviously, but, um, but no, yeah. yeah, I only saw one. You only but... seen one of them, but still, you yeah, still got the history there. Exactly. No, I just want to jump back to, to EJ, what you were saying about sort of being a Knicks fan, sort of being tough for the last last 20 years. I think I think credit to you for sticking with your team because the Knicks are, are a bit of a, a sort of a laughing stock around the league at the moment. Everyone kind of likes to trash the Knicks. But what you said about New York is, is best when the Knicks are good. I think the Brooklyn Nets, you know, obviously are going to cause excitement. But if the Brooklyn Nets, if the New York Knicks, sorry, had KD, Kyrie and Harden, like the league would be so much more buzzing about New York basketball. Um, the NBA would generate so much more interest because the Knicks are just that historic franchise. So even though you have had those, those tough times for, for the last kind of like 20 years, fair play for stick, sticking through it because good, good times have got to be coming for the Knicks at some point soon, you would think. Yeah, and I think that for me, you know, I think most people who, you know, ask me why am I a Knicks fan and why I stick with it, I, I think that, you know, most people say you're kind of like the ultimate optimist. And I think in the end, I know, you know, Knicks fans may be on social media, you know, sound a little crabby, but I think it, at their heart, they're actually really always truly optimistic because um, to, in order to stick through a lot of what has been unadulterated misery um, <laughs> for the last 20 years, you got to be an optimist at some point. So uh, I think we're always kind of looking for like, what's that next thing? What's going to be, you know, the, the, the bright side of this kind of, you know, dark age. Cause they, we, we've seen brighter days. Even when the Knicks were good, they had some heartbreak, but there has been some, uh, some, some great moments. And uh, as you said, you know, it, it's funny when we think about what happened with KD and, and Kyrie and it, I, it, it, I don't, I just don't think that people, if you're not from this city, I don't think you just get like, what what the difference is between the Knicks and Nets and, and why those guys going to that team just wasn't going to be as big a deal. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some that will argue that, you know, this will kind of be the beginning of a shift in the city. But uh, having lived here for almost 30 years, it, this seems unlikely to me. I think it's very much like it's like Manchester United and Manchester City, isn't it? Like Ma- Manchester United are probably yeah. well, they are the most famous football team. Well, what? Ask you can go to anywhere in the world and you think think football, soccer. You you, you the chances are you're going to get the answer. Oh, Man United. Yeah. And it's exactly the same with the Knicks. Like everybody's heard of the Knicks. Yeah, it, everybody's it, it heard is. of the Knicks. It's not it's it, it's not as though um, there's there's any getting away from that. But there's there's new and 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 then along come along come City and very successful. Well, maybe a bit premature on on the next front, but they make a lot. Of, they've made a lot of noise, similar to to how City came along and started making a lot of noise. And the noisy neighbours they refer to them <laughs> over here, and it's it's a very sort of similar thing. Is that they they've rose to prominence almost out of nowhere. That the, the New Jersey Knicks were they had some good good runs in the playoffs, but they were never really much of a a playoff team. They weren't. They, they were never a threat to the Knicks. Whereas right. now. The, the tides turn sort of quite significantly. So I think it's interesting. It's, it's a, a good parallel between the two, the two there. And I suppose I'm not a city fan, but I, suppose, mm, I, 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 was, I don't even want to go down. I don't want to go down that, that road. Actually. I don't even want to align my affiliate myself with either Manchester team. Um, yeah, I was, yeah. I was telling yeah, Vincent no. before our, uh, before our podcast that I, I'm a big uh, Manchester United fan. So I'm not a, uh, I'm not cool with the uh, the comparison to the Knicks, but it's funny. I did think about that because like the one thing I, I agree with that analogy. I think it is a great analogy. The only difference is the, the amount of championships between the Knicks and Manchester United. But the one thing I will say, and I think it's it's interesting, is um, you know we have a similar situation with the Nets, with the Mets and the Yankees in, in Major League Baseball here in New York. And what's fascinating is it's a similar situation where, you know, the Yankees were long established and they won all these championships and the Mets came in in the 60s. And what we had was in the 80s, you know, the Yankees have been great almost their entire history. Like, it's really crazy how amazing they've been. But there was a time in like the 80s where they were really bad. And the Mets at that time were really, really good. They were a World Series champion in 86 and they were a perennial playoff team pretty much the entire decade. Um what we have in this city is they're like there's like this age group like of like early 50s, late 40s of a lot of Mets fans here in New York City, regardless of where you're from, whether you're from the Bronx or Queens or whatever, because they, they were around that time when it was winning. But what we saw was that that wasn't sustainable in terms of the Mets ever really taking over in New York City. Mm-hmm. 
So you have a lot of these like very like nostalgic people of the 86 Mets and of that time. And my prediction is I think that it will be it could be very similar. You may have a time period where kids in this era who grow up with the Nets and maybe they win one or two championships or even if they're just a playoff team, kids grow up in Brooklyn, they may be a, a good portion of Brooklyn Nets fans. But I don't no one has faced the Nets being the next San Antonio Spurs or anything like that, where mm-hmm. they're going to be in the championship or every other year or competing for championships every year. Um, well, I- I must have met Theo because that's definitely what Theo's <laughs> predicting. So I know that's I know that's what Theo's hoping, but um, but it, it, even the super teams we've seen recently that hasn't been that kind of longevity. So I think what will happen is you'll probably have a very loud new fan base that are Nets fans, but I don't think it'll overtake the Knicks in any way. Just like those people, uh, you know, the kind of Gen uh, Xers that are Mets fans here in New York City, and there are a lot of them. They don't. They're not really, uh, you know, overtaking the Yankees fans here in New York. In New York, sad me to say, because I'm a Mets fan. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, can't jump jump to Kendall as well. Talk about the the Celtics. I mean, what what are you thinking about Fire and Ice, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown this season? You you must have a, a lot of hope and optimism for what, what's possible to build around those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I think the obvious comparison that you have to look at when you look at Brown, you look at Tatum and Brown. Uh, well, this season, honestly, it's been Brown and Tatum, <laughs> to mm-hmm. be honest. But um, when you're looking at those two guys, it's, it's Kawhi and it's PG. You know, all the, all the excitement that people had for the Clippers um, going into last season because you bring in two of the best two-way offensive and defensive wings, not if, if not wings, maybe even players in the NBA um, on the same team and that just the versatility that that, that gives you. Um, the Celtics – Last season, I think they felt like they had their version of that. Um, at the time, Jalen Brown hadn't emerged as a, you know, all-star, you know, perennial all-star kind of player. But, you know, this season, he's a, he's a surefire all-star, uh, potentially even an all-star starter. Yeah, him in the starting lineup alongside Zach Levine. Continue. Sorry. Oh, wow. Alongside Zach Levine. That's a hot 100%. take. 100%. <laughs> well, you're a Bulls fan, so it makes sense. I, I, I'm, um, not say, I'm not saying anything to that, Kendall, because... <laughs> Certain people will take Speak this very sensitively. Existence. Some people will take it very sensitively if you say Zach Levine is not a starter goal star. So I'm not saying anything to that, Kendall, <laughs> but that's it. Look, here we go. We've started already. No, no, Jared, no, no, no. I'm just going to defend anything. myself. Oh. I, took, I took exception to being laughed at saying Zach Levine is a starter. Here we go again. <laughs> see what I mean, Kendall. Kendall. Kendall, see what I mean? Go back to Kendall. Yeah. Yeah. Papa, Papa, Papa sensitive. Your, your I'm sorry. Go, Kendall. Go. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, much. yeah, Zach Levine's a great player, but you know, I, it, it does it does feel like you know with the Celtics that the big key for this team in terms of if they if they're trying to really compete at the championship level, they have to find an interior presence that you know that can compete with guys like Giannis and Embiid and then Anthony Davis, um, because if you're going to win a championship, those are going to be the guys that you have to get through, you have to get past, and. Right now, I mean, Daniel Tice has been better than I think they expected he would be when he came over from Germany. And um, Tristan Thompson has been a good addition, but they're still missing a guy that, you know, especially as well as Joel Embiid has played this year. Mm. I don't know if that would be a good matchup for the Celtics in the postseason. So um, that's going to be the key. You know, if Andre Drummond somehow gets bought out or becomes available, that's somebody that they could look at. Um but that's gonna, he's coming that's to the Nets. Key. He's coming to the Nets. Yeah, that's the concern is that the Nets have the same issue. And, you know, if I was a big man, I'll be honest, if I was a big man, I would rather play in Brooklyn than in Boston uh, with the roster. So that, that, that's definitely the concern. But um, And then the other, the other thing real quick with the Celtics is that, you know, they needed one more – I feel like they need one more piece off the bench to give them some offense because when Brown and Tatum aren't on the floor together – um, especially when Kemba's not there, which Kemba's been there obviously recently, um, they don't have much offensive uh, punch mm-hmm. because Smart is uh, streaky, and the rest of the guys that they have, Ojale and those guys are defensive, more so defensive pieces. So, um, you know, they drafted Peyton Pritchard, who's been excellent, and he's kind of given them a little bit of that offensive punch that they needed. But they expected Aaron Neesmith, who they drafted uh, at number fourteen this year, to be that guy, and he right now is still very far away from being an NBA level guy. So that's going to be the other key for the Celtics. And I think their hope is that maybe they can find, you know, a guy who gives them an offensive punch and some size and defense that, 
you know, those guys don't grow on trees. I mean, that sounds like, you know, I don't know, Anthony Davis, but, um, you know, that's going to be their big thing is trying to find both the offensive punch off the bench and some size in the front court. Yeah, I think it's pretty impressive with the what the Boston Celtics are doing in the future. And we've we've touched on it before. I think on the pod we had a Boston, a guy called Boston Britton, absolutely brilliant guy. He came on the pod and he was talking about how the Boston Celtics, their standard every single preseason they're coming into it is to get to the conference final. It's their yeah. benchmark, basically. Yeah. And it's quite commendable that and I think it's something it really shows you what how the organization is run. It's pretty impressive. But EJ, can you tell me a little bit about what your future is for the Knicks? What do you think the future is for the Knicks? It being positive, be be positive, please. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, look I, again. Like I, I think that there is a lot of reason to feel like maybe the ter- tide is turning for the Knicks. Uh, for one, I think that we've seen um, a change in the coaching staff that is definitely for the better. But yeah, I mean, look, I think that with the Knicks, there there is some reason to be optimistic. Again, I think that the, the coaching staff, uh, the change they made this offseason was for the better. You know. Uh, Tibbs is not perfect, but I think that we've seen uh, for the first time a true identity be formed for this team. I think that's been one of the biggest issues with the Knicks in the past. Maybe with the exception of a half a season with Mike D'Antoni um, prior to the trade with Carmelo Anthony, where you know the team actually had an identity. You kind of knew what they were trying to accomplish every time they went out on the floor. Uh, with this Tibbs team, at least you know. You know they're going to defend. You know what kind of principles they're going to try to do. And you know that what they're what kind of shots they're looking for on offense consistently. So that just having that kind of stability at the coach uh, that helps a lot, and that gives you some hope because the Knicks haven't had any stability at the head coaching position. Yeah. And when it comes to the future, when it comes to the future, I mean, look, R.J. Barrett has certainly uh, played really well for the past you know three or four weeks, and I think that you know Knicks fans were kind of hopeful after what was a up and down rookie year to see him kind of show that potential to be a star player. I think he's, he's shown that this season, which I think is probably the most encouraging sign of this early season so far. And then, um, and then the young uh, point guard, they drafted Emmanuel quickly uh, late in the first round, a pick that was, uh, you know, that seemed questionable at the time. Even me as a Knicks fan questioned it myself, but Easy. What grade did you give the Knicks them. draft on our? On I think our I gave them like a C, and I know like the, the running Knicks meme is they they always crush CBS Sports for giving them like a D plus for the quickly pick. Uh, I think I ended up giving them like a C or a C plus. I think overall, I got to check my grade again. But I, I remember being you know pretty disappointed in that pick. But quickly is just so good. Um, the way he's come in and the craftiness he has for a guard his age, considering he didn't play a lot of point guard last season at Kentucky, is um. Is, a, is 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 what they needed. I mean, the point guard has been a, a problem for the team for a long time, and it seems like they may be trying to address that with you know possibly acquiring Derrick Rose. But uh, seeing RJ and and Quickly's emergence, along with you know Thibodeau, kind of instilling a culture and instilling um, uh, an identity, I think is what you would look at as positive signs for the Knicks as they sit here um, in the playoff contention. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, there are some Knicks fans who argue maybe you don't want to be in playoff contention, but uh, it is good to at least see competitive basketball and consistent basketball. And I got to shout out, obviously, Julius Randle, who was a, a heel for Knicks fans last season for how he played. And he's turned – I've never seen – I don't know if I've ever seen this kind of 180 in terms of how Knicks fans feel about a player from last season to this season. I mean, he was by far the most hated man on the Knicks last season. And to see him, the fans just rally behind him, it shows you that's what New York is. Like, you know, we just want to see you perform. We just want to see you put on for the city. And to see Julius Randle get this much talk in the city when we have Kevin Durant, Harden, and Kyrie Irving playing in the same city, this shows you the you know the kind of passion that Knicks fans have. Exactly. Well, hopefully the Boston Celtics, with the might of Jason Tatum, the problem who I love, you know, absolutely love that guy, and the New York Knicks, better days ahead of them. Look, everybody knows the Boston Celtics are my second team, so I'm rooting for them in this in, in a little slide thing over there. So you can do agrees with me. Everyone knows that they're my second team, but yeah, and then the New York Knicks, I hope the best for them. It's about time they get they deserve and they get the respect in their name, basically. So the future looks just like to, just like to, just like to point out to to um, new generation our new generation listeners Vincent is a regular slanderer of the New York Knicks don't take anything <laughs> um, just seriously. that's a lie listen to that's any of our lie. pods that's a lie he, he goes in on the Knicks probably that's more a lie. than I do that's as a, a lie fan. just, just so you're aware lie. just so you're all aware just so you know. don't listen so you to know me Jay kind of 
don't listen to me, Jay. He's, he's a liar. He's a liar. The New York Knicks, I bleed I, I, blue. I bleed blue, okay? <laughs> so don't, don't uh, listen to him. <laughs> I don't know about that. I definitely, uh, I definitely uh, heard some uh, during the next season preview you guys did. So I was like, "Ooh, okay, Vince is hammering my guys." Uh, but, you know, but the thing he's about done it his is research, that- Vincent, he's done his research. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I do my research, but but the only the one thing we always you know like to say, and you know, it's funny because like the one thing I love about our dynamic at New Generation Media is because you know Kendall follows the Celtics so closely, and I follow Nick so closely. We end up following our each other's teams fairly closely. So I, I like I, I know the Celtics pretty well. He knows the Knicks pretty well. So it, it is good sometimes to have that like person to talk to out that can kind of talk you off the ledge a little bit. So, you know, I'll, I'll tell Kendall something or pr- propose a trade for the Knicks and he'll, you know, bring me back to earth being like, there's no way they're taking Kevin Knox from you. Like, just get <laughs> oh, out yeah. of here with that. Yeah, You know and, how many like, you know how many trade proposals I heard for like, oh, can the Knicks get a Bradley Beal for Kevin Knox? <laughs> <laughs> No yeah, between me and my between me and my pops, like like he he's heard endless of them. So like so being able to hear sharp criticism is something that I can take as a Nick fan. I know some Nick fans get sensitive with that, but uh, Kendall, you know, again, he, they they have that one ups, uh, ten ups us on the rivalry. Um, in terms of like yeah. what 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 it looks like with championships and wins. I will say though, and you know, Kendall mentioned that you know he usually gets the upper hand on that rivalry. I do, as a Knicks fan, take great pride in that the Knicks and Carmelo Anthony were the ones that ended the Boston victory. And something that doesn't get talked about a lot, but yeah, the Boston victory got the gentleman's sweep, basically, in the first round in 2014, I want to say, 2013, 2014. And um, it's very little things the Knicks have over the Celtics, but ending that reign of terror is something I still uh, take great pride in. So I just want to point times. that out. When we talk about Good the, times. We talk about the records with the rivalry. <laughs> okay, so now we've reached a point where we're going to talk about our highs and lows for the week, boys. So we're all going to take turns and tell us a little bit about your highs and your lows. And you know what? I'm going to start off because I've been holding this back in since yesterday. Uh, uh, for ladies and gentlemen, I'll, I thought to myself, what am I going to do on Friday, a Saturday evening because of lockdown? We can't do much. I'll watch my friend Theo do a, an Instagram live. And my highlight of the week, ladies and gentlemen, is when Theo said Vincent was right. And I apologize to Vincent. So, Theo, can I, I just want to hear you say this again, that I was right and he was wrong. Because that's what you said. I, this is what I heard. And that was my highlight of the week, Theo. So can you just remind, please just... Remind, he, me what, remind me what we were talking about. You were talking about James Harden. You were talking about James Harden, about how you've been sleeping, slating James Harden, how I've been always saying to you how... A passer is not selfish, and you know, like Vincent was right. And I'd I owed Vincent an apology if I heard it that way. So I want to hear the apology, please. Theo, can I hear the apology? I'm waiting, Vincent. Theo. Vincent, I was wrong, and you were right. James there you Harden, go, ladies and gentlemen. There's all those things you said he was. There you I'm go, wrong. ladies and gentlemen. And That's now been he my plays highlight. The Brooklyn Nets. I'm out. You guys have a turn, Jared. What's been your highlight of the week? Well, mine's an actual basketball highlight, not an Instagram live highlight. Sorry about that. I'm um, entitled to my highlight, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had I had a really nice meal the other day. My wife made me a lovely tea. I really enjoyed it. So that's that's my highlight. There you go. Jared's highlight, ladies and gentlemen. If if he wants to go with uh, that, that's his highlight, people. No, no mine is uh, mine's Sacramento Kings. I think they they very quietly sort of steadied the ship a little bit. Um, behind the performances of, of De'Aaron Fox having a, a very, very good season and um, Rookie of the Year elect Tyrese Halliburton. Um, <laughs> they, they, they've had some really good wins this week as well, beating, beating some good teams, beat the Celtics, uh, sorry, yeah. Kendall, yeah. Uh, beat the Denver Nuggets, I think it was last night, uh, yeah. in a, a couple of close games as well. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think shout out to the Kings, steadying the ship, um, getting themselves sort of closer to a sort of 500 record. You know they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything in the postseason. I don't think anyone thinks that, but I think we've got to give them credit for for some uh, good performances recently. So be interested, Kendall. What did you think to that uh, Celtics Kings games? How did how did you feel about that one? Yeah, that, that was a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, EJ knows that I like your Kings shout out because EJ knows in our season preview I had the Sacramento Kings as a uh, my sleeper team coming into the season and. Uh, it wasn't looking so good early, early on, despite uh, as well as Fox and, and Halliburton have been playing. But, but you know, they're playing better. Um, they deserve credit. I think Whiteside's starting to play pretty good. Uh, the Bagley kind of friction isn't there as much uh, as it was early in the season. So, 
Shout out, shout out to the Sacramento Kings and uh, Luke Walton. Brilliant. Uh, what's been your highlight then, EJ, of the week? Um, I know, I know this guy gets a lot of attention, and um, so you know, apologies to people who are tired of hearing about him, but I think we got to talk about Lamelo Ball. Um, he's in the starting lineup. Just had a career high thirty four points. And it's funny because I feel like, you know, Kendall and I have gone back and forth with Melo for a long time. And look, he, 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 him and his family, did they give fans sometimes a reason to not like them? Yes, <laughs> they did. But for us, in terms of, you know, one of the big things about us is draft evaluations. You know, seeing him kind of rise up in his high school senior year, you know, seeing him play in these, uh, you know, uh, you know, pro-am tournaments, playing at the Drew League and things like that it was starting to become very clear that this guy was a real player. And I felt like sometimes some of the hate we've seen from him come from him has not been about his basketball game because while he's not a perfect player, you can't teach his side. You can't teach his feel for the game. Can't teach his passing. And, um, and and what we were seeing from him and the impact he's put on the Charlotte Hornets immediately. It's been incredible. Uh, I don't think I even anticipated that he would probably be this comfortable this early. So I think that uh, he deserves a, a massive shout out because he's having a great year. I know, you know, we, you know, in this podcast, uh, Jared was saying that you know Halliburton is a, is a rookie of the year elect, Fuck but, it. but I, I, I think Melo's gonna have something to say. And you know, a lot of people won't, don't aren't necessarily rooting for it, but the kids got game. There's just no denying that. So I wanted to give him a shout out. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you even more, EJ. I think what you're saying is absolute facts. Uh, Lamella Ball, I thought it was all hype before he came into <laughs> the season. I genuinely did. I thought all I saw was just dunking on people and I thought he's not really that great. The kid is stepping up for the Charlotte Hornets. He, he, he's, he's been a leader to that team, basically. I'm not saying he's taking the full responsibility of the franchise, but he's been a leader on the court and you wouldn't think this is his rookie year. He's fully established himself as an NBA player and he's no joke. He, he's not hype. He's generally a good player. And I, I would go so far to even say he's better than Lonzo. Without a doubt, he's better than Lonzo. And I think um, he's a better passer than Lonzo. And I think this kind of just shows LeVar Ball, he was right. <laughs> he was right about him. He's like, my kid needs to be starting. He needs to be starting. He's not a bench player. He needs to be starting. And as soon as he gets his opportunity, look what he does. So I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Lamella Ball is no joke. And, and I feel like one of the best compliments or the best ways you can see uh, about what kind of teammate, what kind of player a, a guy is, is to see how the other players on the court run and move without the ball when he has the ball. Just think about the, how the Hornets are, were offensively last season when it was Rogier and Graham, you know, dominated the ball. No disrespect to those guys. Those guys are talented players, but those guys are scorers. Um, and they were not necessarily guys looking to get people involved per se. And just, I mean, I don't know how many of these Miles Bridges highlight reel dunks <laughs> that we're seeing that we just didn't see these last few years. We knew he had that athleticism. He's had that athleticism since Michigan State. But uh, I don't know how many guys I see flying down the wing for these uh, fast breaks. Sometimes these long outlet passes, ball, Melamelo's throwing to them, seeing the joy and seeing the energy that these guys playing are playing with without the ball offensively is really all that you need to know about the impact Lamelo's had because – a lot of guys, they you know, they prefer to just stand around on the corner and just wait for the ball so they can do something. These guys are happy and motivated to move out the ball and get to open spots and 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 get out on the break because they know that they're going to be on Sports Center because they may get a <laughs> highlight reel dunk or a highlight reel play um, that that's going to be uh, seen around the world a million times. Brilliant, uh, Kendall. What's been your highlight? Yeah, so my highlight, I'm going to actually go back to that Kings Nuggets game that, that Jared mentioned, but I'm actually going to go to the other side because uh, Nikola Jokic had put together a performance that, you know, when you're watching it, sometimes you for, you don't realize how special these guys are, but, um, you know, he put up 50 points in that game. It was a game that they lost, uh, you know, but he did everything he could, and, you know, it just reminded me, like, how special Nikola Jokic is. I mean, his ability to – you know, he was playing point guard for them because they did not have Jamal Murray. Um, you know, RJ Hampton was out there and Monty Morris was out there and he was bringing the ball up the court. Um, you know, he was scoring for them on, on all three levels, jump shots in the post, in the mid range. I mean, he's really the modern day Larry Bird. I mean, it's, it's incredible when you watch him uh, for a guy that's not athletic. And I remember me and EJ had a, we had a debate maybe, it was EJ, maybe like two, three years ago when he, obviously Chris Asperlingas was on the Knicks and that was EJ's guy. 
And I remember saying at the time, you know, Jokic and Porzingis were pretty much on the same level. And EJ was like, oh, Porzingis is way better than Jokic. I was like, no, no, he's not EJ. And um, at this point, yeah, that's obviously, one point for Kendall a, there. <laughs> yeah. At this point, it's not uh, it's not close, but, you know, he's worked on his game. He's gotten slimmer and, you know, I think his conditioning has gotten so much better now. I think that that's afforded him so much, uh, so much ability to, to score offensively that he didn't have before. So, yeah, shout out to Nicole Jokic. Good days, happy days. And finally, Theo. No, Theo. Yes. Sorry, Theo. Completely forgot about you there. Theo, what's been your highlight, brother? My highlight has got to be um, Fred Van Fleet's 54-point outburst. As everybody knows, uh, Raptors, my second team. Oh, yeah, and the Boston Celtics. <laughs> you know. I'm just saying, I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I felt betrayed for a second. Meet Vincent. Meet Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Van Fleet, superb. I mean, he's he got secured the bag this summer, didn't he? With that crazy contract that he's, he's picked up. Um, the guy's undrafted. I keep forgetting about this. He, he wasn't, never, he was never picked up. He must've thought at some point his NBA dream w- was dead, but here he is. However many years later, $84 million over the next four years, three, four years, however long his contract is. And he's dropping 54 points. He's, it was just a great feel-good moment for a player who literally came from the absolute bottom rung of the ladder, worked his way up, grafted, he's been paid, and now he's having performances to go along with it. Made me feel great good on my inside. Reek good. Uh, that's that's a northern accent for you guys. Just to let you know what he just said. Reek good. That was a very northern. But yeah, Fred Randley. Fred Randley. Very very good for him. He, he wanted the bag. He got the bag, and now he's happy. Theo, while I still got you, you know, while I still got you, tell me something that's let you down the week, a low light, something that's not been, yeah, not too nice to see. For me, it has to be the confirmation that the All-Star game is indeed going ahead. Um, We're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, It's not going anywhere. It's not really getting any better um, at the moment. Obviously, we know vaccination is going to come into play, but it's likely not going to be rolled out to the point where these superstar athletes are going to be receiving the the vaccination. Um, We're still in a time when players, teams can be written off with COVID protocols at the drop of a hat. Um, Kevin Durant, for instance, was told before the game he couldn't play as he was waiting for some contact tracing results. Then 10 minutes into the game, he was told, okay, no, you can play. You're good. And then in the third quarter, he gets pulled from the game. Actually, no, you're not good because of these contact tracing protocols. And now he's out for a week. I I thought you were going to have that as your low light, to be honest, your disappointment, because that, that was a joke. Like for me watching that as a neutral, I would have been so vexed if that would have been one of like my star player. Cause it was just, and even Durant was like fuming and you can understand why, like what's going on, what are we doing here? Like, (laughs) yeah. And it's not getting any better. It's, it's, this is, we're already playing a short on season packed full of games. These players were looking forward to having a week off. Like Paul LeBron works his back out in the bubble gets a couple of weeks off in the off-season and then he's straight back to it, like MVP-level play. And he was looking forward to spending a nice little week with his family. And yeah, Adam Silver said they can go to Honolulu and have a nice, they can have flights within the US. Brilliant, nice one. I'm sure they'll really appreciate it while they're risking getting COVID on an unnecessary game of basketball when you've already got players who are being ruled out for weeks at a time because the housekeeper's dog like coughed and, it, and it, it had a positive COVID test two weeks before. Like, it's just crazy. It was well, just no need for it. It's just money, money, money. And it's, oh, I don't like it. Do not care for it. it makes me feel right bad. You know, feels in his feels today. So honestly, it, it, honestly it's, it, it, it's real. It's real, ladies and gentlemen. Jared, what's been your low light? Uh, for me, it's sort of the late game management from, from my team and from Theo's team uh, over the last week or so. Uh, Chicago Bulls up five points uh, with, what, 12 and a half seconds left. Damian Lillard hits two threes, somehow lose the game. And then the very very next day or the day after, the Nets do the pretty much exactly the same thing against the Washington Wizards. I mean, I just, how do you not close out those games? I mean, it's not going to affect the Nets, let's, let's be honest. They're going to be a, a top four seed no matter what. I think we all know that. But for the Bulls, that is just an absolute killer. Like, it could easily come down to, you know, especially, you know, maybe not every team playing the same number of games. It could come down to these tiny percentage points. You've got to close out a game like that. So, yeah, just very disappointing that 
professional basketball players manage to lose a game when it's oh, just ridiculous. So yeah, that's my disappointment. Yeah, it was a bit unfortunate. I actually felt sorry for the Bulls. Like Zach Levine, I absolutely think he's he's killing it right now. Uh, he's doing really, really well for himself. And he's an, I'm not being funny, Jerry. No, I don't no, 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 no. I'm generally being serious. Zach Levine is, is balling right now. And he he, he he's it seems like he's he's getting to a point with Zach Levine where he must be thinking to himself, I can't take this team any longer. I can't, I can't go anywhere further. The same situation with Bradley, but I think we were comparing it last week. It's like him, he's balling out and then they lose. It's like, and it's not like they're losing by miles or getting battered. It's by a couple, the last minute couple of possessions letting them down. Must be incredibly frustrating watching, but him and as an individual as well, must be very, very disappointing. So completely well, well deserved low light. Um, EJ, what are you thinking? What's been your bit of a disappointment? Doesn't this have to be the game uh, or what you've watched, but something you've seen this week, bit of a disappointing. You think to yourself, you know what? Could have been better week for the, without that. So uh, it's funny because what I'm going to say, like this week is probably hasn't been as bad a week for them per se, but I think I'm still seeing trends that would can be concerning for me if uh, you're a Dallas Maverick fan. So I'm going to say they're my low light. I know they came off a, a win where they survived 57 points from Steph Curry. But their inability to defend people is I don't know if it's fixable. <laughs> I mean, I really, I really don't know. And no, I, I'll admit, Knicks fan, we have their pick, the rooting interest for them to struggle. But <laughs> e- even taking that away, I mean, you know, 140 points to the Warriors earlier in the week. They gave up 57 to staff the week the game before. Um, the game before that, they went on the road, but again, giving up 120. And what we're seeing is Dallas. Has got become a much worse defensive team. Porzingis seems to uh, that, that knee injury. It seems like he's fallen off defensively. When Kendall talked about that conversation we had, KP at that time was a a, a very good defender, maybe borderline elite. Now he's uh, he he's an albatross defensively. I mean, he's someone you're you're heat seeking on pick and rolls. You're trying to get on switches. You're attacking at the rim because he doesn't seem to have the same lateral quickness anymore. And then we're also seeing is offensively. You know they've. Uh, they seem to have hit a bit of a wall, of a wall in terms of their output without Steph, Seth Curry, um, who's had an incredible season. And they've had some superhuman performances from Luka to, to win these games this week. But the trend I'm seeing from them defensively combined with, uh, you know, an offensive dip where, you know, they, they continue to launch threes in their, or their poor three-point shooting team this season. I'm concerned about the Dallas Mavericks and their ability to make the playoffs this season. I thought there was no way they would miss the playoffs. But even in these wins, I, I can't imagine you're going to keep seeing this kind of offensive output from uh, Luca and Tim Hardaway. You know, guys who had he had a big game this last game. I think that there's a reason to be really concerned. Hundred percent, couldn't agree more as well. I think with what's happening right now with the Mavs, it's disappointing a little bit because coming into the season, we all thought Luca for MVP. A lot of people thought Luca for MVP, and he's so boring. You can't disrespect Luca, but it's just like you can't you can't do it by himself. You can't do it fully like what he's doing constantly throughout. And you are right, defensively they have been poor. Maybe Porzingis, he gives he needs a bit more time a little bit. Maybe just because he's just coming out from a fresh human injury, might need a bit a little bit longer time, but it's a bit unfortunate with the Mavs. I still have faith in them. I still feel that they will make the playoffs, but it'll be, it'll be scraping it though, it'll be scraping it. But hopefully it goes well. It, Kendall, what's been your low light? Yeah, my low light this week. Uh this is another this is another uh situation where it's a team that struggled really all season. Um, but I'm going to look at the, the Miami Heat. Um, they lost earlier this week to the, to the Washington Wizards. Uh, obviously, the Wizards also had a winning against Brooklyn, so maybe they're starting to trend a little better. But, um, you know, Miami, man, it's, it's – obviously, I take joy in it. It's almost a highlight for me <laughs> as a Celtics fan. That's what they did to us in the bubble. But, um, but it's, 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 it's tough to watch. I mean, you know, they, they, I feel like they, they kind of stagnated a little bit in the offseason based off – what they did in the bubble, I think they felt like they could just take the same team. Um, they drafted pressure to Chua, who I think played pretty well for them, but they, 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 thought, they thought they could take the same team and bring it into the regular season and they'd be fine. But, you know, the point guard position, I think, is still their biggest concern. Um, last season, you know, Goran Dragic, he played excellent in the playoffs. He needed his credit for that. But, you know, that was a guy they wanted to trade. They tried to trade him <laughs> at the trade deadline last year and they couldn't do it. And they brought him, they brought him back this season and he hasn't been the same. Um, you know, they've played a lot of Tyler Hero at point guard and Hero is 
he's actually done pretty well for a guy that never played point guard before, but um, I think he would be better served as a shooter playing off the ball. I think Duncan Robinson, obviously having both of those guys, they need to get a true facilitator to play next to hero Robinson. Um, And obviously Jimmy Butler had his, his, uh, you know, you know, kind of laps uh, where he was, he was gone for about a week. So he's still trying to get up to speed, but you know, there's a heat team right now. That's not in the playoffs. Um, there's still plenty of time to uh, put on a run. The Eastern Conference isn't the strongest, but um, right now, I mean, who would have thought that there was a time where we would have said that teams like Cleveland, Atlanta, and New York are in the playoffs and the Miami Heat are nowhere near it, you know, and it's, it's tough because um, it doesn't really feel like there's a, way, there's a way out for them. There's a way back into the playoffs because of how they've played. Yeah, I think I think you sp- I think you spot on Kendall. Um, Jay Crowder was a was a really underrated loss for them yeah. in the off season. Um, the, there was talk of oh well, if you if you combine Mo Harkless and uh, Avery Bradley, who they brought in as kind of like sort of semi replacements defensively, then then you're effectively making up for Jay Crowder. But that that's just really not worked. I mean, Harkless has been pretty much out of the rotation in quite a lot of the games, just kind of playing garbage time. So they're really missing Crowder. Obviously, Butler's had plenty of time missing. So I think I think you're bang on. Yeah, definitely a disappointing start to the season for Heat fans. But Jimmy Butler will be hearing all this talk, and he'll be like, "Don't worry about it. We'll step it up. We'll be all good. We'll be all good." Jimmy G buckets. That stands for Jimmy gets. That's the one. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully the heat turned it up for us. We 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 love the heat over here. As everyone's always known, the heat are my ah. I got you, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. I got you. Uh, my low light is going to have to be seeing Christian Wood go down, okay? Christian Wood, for me, I'm sorry, but it has been boiling. All-star player. No, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm confidently going to say that with my chest. I'm actually going to say it with my chest. He was playing at all-star. Not starting lineup, but on the bench at all-star. He was absolutely brilliant for us. He's been outstanding for us, Christian Wood. And seeing him go down, man, it really hurt us because it hurt the entire team. Hopefully, it's not a long injury, but he just come back from injury, start playing good again and all of a sudden it goes down again so it's really unfortunate um, for me Christian Wood has been most improved player for the year I, unless someone can name me a better player that's most improved I know I know you can give Jalen Brown maybe a shout out but I've always thought Jalen Brown's that good he's always good he's just stepped it up a little bit more so I wouldn't say he's most improved but for Seawood where he's come from to being contender for all-star game for me, seeing him go down was definitely my low light. It's a massive loss for us. So well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost us. And I'm hopefully it's not too long of a, a period. But Seawood going down for me was hurtful. It was I, painful. I think that's fair enough. You just got to hope that DeMarcus Cousins is, uh, is, is ready to go and sort of fit, fill in those minutes. He's been playing pr- pretty decently. Yeah, but, decent. He's been decent. Yeah. But he's, he's not, I don't think he can fully step into yeah, Seawood's exactly. shoes. Just, look, Boogie's a great player. And I'm hoping... He can, I don't know if he'll ever get back to what he was. But at the moment, he's not where he should be. He, he'll even admit that to himself. He had a good game against the San Antonio Spurs, but we still lost. He got, I think he got a double-double. So it's just that he's not where he should be at the moment, Boogie. Coming back from laundry, so I'm going to give him some time. But he has to step into that and take those shoes for the moment. But yeah. It's, uh, it's funny, you know, it, it's been, it's been, it was not... It was unfortunate to see Christian uh, Wood go down, but it's funny to think about how he's played this season. And we saw some flashes of that in Detroit. And when you see how Jerry and Grant has played for Detroit in what's been a miserable season for them, mm. you know, you kind of wonder, like, you know, you know, they got rid of Wood. I mean, like, you know, they still have Blake Griffin, who's had a miserable season. And, you know, I don't know how much longer of a, you know, a, a career he has as a starter. Mm. You, you know, as I'm a Pistons fan, I kind of think about, well, what if he would have invested in those two guys as our front court? We played small ball. Maybe that would have worked instead of uh, trying to put Grant to three and, and playing him with uh, with Blake Griffin, who struggled so much. I don't know. It's it's like, uh, you know, Christian Wood got a, a deal that was not too crazy in terms of money. And, and they spent a lot of money on Grant. You kind of wonder if they would have kept the money they gave to Plumley and gave it to Wood and, Maybe we're looking at a whole different season for the Pistons. Just more more regrets for the Detroit Pistons franchise after some some terrible draft history that we had on from uh, the Duchess of Hoops telling us about that. I tell you so, what, like I feel yeah. like I feel like 
Yeah, I feel like Knicks fans, like, <laughs> one thing we always say is, you know, we always lament at, a, at the struggles they've had, which they, they have had them. But, like, you know, between the, the Pistons and the Kings, like, we're always like, how come they don't get the same energy that the Knicks <laughs> fans get with all the mistakes they've made? Like, because they have pretty much almost identical issues in terms of, like, the last 15 years or so. But, um, but yeah, just, you know, Wood was playing incredible. And I was happy to see him play the way he was. And it's tough to see him go down. I hope he gets back soon and he can play at that all-star level. Yeah, hopefully he gets back soon. Hopefully it's not too bad of an injury. need to look into that and find out. But, honestly, EJ, Kendall... When I say it's been a pleasure and an honor for you to join our show today, I am not lying to you. Uh, I don't know what's happened to Kendall's ca- camera. He seems to have gone wonky. Can you see all that? But honestly, yeah, still here. Still here. <laughs> he's still here, ladies and gentlemen. But Kendall, EJ, honestly, thank you so much for joining us, people. Just oh, for, the, for the listeners, you've already touched on new generation. Uh, Kendall's camera's going wild out here. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but just to let he's you know. He's showing off his posters. He's that, showing off his posters. He's showing it off. He's picked his camera up and he's showing all of us where he's at. But can you tell the listeners where to find you guys? I know you've touched the new generation, but where's the platforms? Where can the listeners find you guys? Yeah, so uh, you can find us on um, almost all DSPs. So we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. There's some other DSPs in there that you can find us as well. But if you you search New Generation Podcast Network, that's where we'll get all our shows, our sports talk show, our hero talk show, and our Star Wars podcast, the Imperial Broadcast, all lives on that podcast channel. Once again, New Generation Podcast Network. Um, And then on YouTube, we are on New Generation Media. So um all video there are some podcasts that you put on there as well our interview and our podcast with you guys the full version is up there we have some segments from that podcast are also on there and that's a combination of everything as well so you'll see some hero content you'll see some sports content you'll see almost all our nba draft stuff and if you want to go back and see uh what we were right and what we were wrong about during draft (laughs) season that's a great place to go um so yeah check that out you'll see me blasting the ball Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so New Generation Media is where you'll find us on our, on YouTube. Yeah, just to clarify as well, because uh, it's NU Generation, not NEW, yes. guys. Just just want to make sure the listeners go to the right place. Uh, NU Generation. Yeah, go and check them out. Everything that they do, it's class. Yeah, did you yeah, want to so, say something? We're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of uh, draft content coming out for uh, next year's draft as well. So if you want to taste it, if you're, if you're, if you're a Bulls fan or a Rockets fan, <laughs> you know, and you're getting ready for the lottery, um, you know, check out our channel because we're going to have a lot of videos coming out for next year's draft as well. Awesome. And just, just quickly guys, before you go, we mentioned it at the, at the uh, top of the show. It is Super Bowl Sunday. By the time our listeners are listening to this, it will be Monday, Monday morning, or maybe later, who knows? Um, so the results will already be in. So you can either, this is your opportunity to be right or wrong. I want you to lay it all on the line. Who's winning the Super Bowl? What's the scoreline going to be? Uh, I want you to stick your neck out and tell me, Kendall, what do you reckon? Uh, so I think it's going to be, I, you know, I think when you're talking about the, the Super Bowl, like obviously people think Kansas City is going to win. Um, they're the Golden State Warriors, if you may, of, of the NFL, but Patrick Mahomes is the Steph Curry of the NFL, but um, I actually think it's going to be the Bucks. Uh, I think they're going to defy the odds, defy the the expectations. I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to win. Um, I think I said on our Super Bowl preview that we, they were going to win 27-24. So I'm going to stick with that. Close game. Uh, going forward. Good man. Uh, I like it. It's a bold prediction. EJ, go. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've been going with the Chiefs all week. I'm going to stay with the Chiefs. It'll be interesting to see who's right and who's wrong as this podcast comes out after. But – um. You know, basically, you know, what I've seen is funny because I used a, a formula I used for a team the Bucks played earlier in the playoffs, the Washington football team, and just looked at what they've done recently and saw that the, the you know, Washington, basically their output was 23 points. If they can keep their team under 23 points, they would win. And that's what we saw down the stretch. And in the playoffs, they scored 23 points against Tampa, and they lost because they gave up 30. The Bucks, it seems like that number is around 30 to 31. And to me, I think that's probably their – maximum output they can get keep the chiefs under 30 points they will win i don't think they'll be able to do that because of the way they play defense they're an aggressive defense they're going to make plays but they're also going to give up big plays particularly against this kind of offense so i'm gonna go with the the chiefs by a final score of like 37 to 26 i think that was pretty much the score i had 
Yeah, it, like this she's offense is just like a video game. It's it's ridiculous how uh, efficient they are. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. What EJ just talked about, I have no idea. My <laughs> mind just went completely <laughs> overboard. No, nothing about NFL, but I'm rooting for the Bucks. So I just want to say, tell your mom, your dad, your gran, your auntie, your uncle, your brother to follow new generation media, ladies and gentlemen. I, got, I have one more prediction for you guys, man. Go on. Ooh. Um... I, I I think uh, Manchester United is going to win the Champions League. Wow. Cha- what? Sorry, um, sorry. Champions the League. The show, the show's over. The Did show's you just over. say Champions League, Kendall? We're not for Champions League. Wow. Kendall, Kendall your, your reputation has just dropped. Okay? <laughs> it's just dropped in my eyes right now, Kendall. But ladies and gentlemen, it's been met the criteria. It's been your boy, Vincent. Theo been a pleasure guys having you on thank you for taking the time out of your very busy pre-game preparations to join us uh, to talk hoops for an hour it's been a blast Jared maybe having you on again another time yeah thanks so so much for joining us guys thanks for tuning in everyone Uh, get Zach Levine to the All-Star game there you go ladies and gentlemen it's been your boy Vincent we're out